0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truths Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truths Table. Get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may
1: behold wonderful things in your Word.
0: Old Testament reading. Daniel chapter 1 through Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel finds favor in Babylon. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon advanced against Jerusalem and laid it under siege. Now, the Lord delivered King Jehoiakim of Judah into his power, along with some of the vessels of the temple of God. He brought them to the land of Babylonia, to the temple of his God, and put the vessels in the treasury of his God. The king commanded Ashpenaz, who was in charge of his court officials, to choose some of the Israelites who were of royal and noble descent, young men in whom there was no physical defect, and who were handsome, well versed in all kinds of wisdom, well educated, and having keen insight who were capable of entering the king's royal service and to teach them the literature and language of the Babylonians. So the king assigned them a daily ration from his royal delicacy and from the wine he himself drank. They were to be trained for the next three years. At the end of that time, they were to enter the king's service. As it turned out, among these young men were some of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But the overseer of the court officials renamed them. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, Hananiah he named Shadrach, Mishael he named Meshach, and Azariah he named Abednego. But Daniel made up his mind. He would not defile himself with the royal delicacies or the royal wine. He therefore asked the overseer of the court officials for permission to not defile himself. Then God made the overseer of the court officials sympathetic to Daniel. But he responded to Daniel, I fear my master the king. He is the one who has decided your food and drink. What would happen if he saw that you looked malnourished in comparison to the other young men your age? If it happened, you would endanger my life with the king. Daniel then spoke to the warden, whom the overseer of the court officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please, test your servants for ten days by providing us with some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who are eating the royal delicacies. Deal with us in light of what you see. So the warden agreed to their proposal and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, their appearance was better and their bodies were healthier than all the young men who had been eating the royal delicacies. So the warden removed the delicacies and the wine from their diet and gave them a diet of vegetables instead. Now as for these four young men, God endowed them with knowledge and skill and all sorts of literature and wisdom and Daniel had insight into all kinds of visions and dreams. When the time appointed by the king arrived, the overseer of the court officials brought them into Nebuchadnezzar's presence. When the king spoke with them, he did not find among the entire group anyone like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, or Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and insight the king asked them about, he found them to be ten times better than any of the magicians and astrologers that were in his entire empire. Now Daniel lived on until the first year of Cyrus the king. Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. Nebuchadnezzar has a disturbing dream. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had many dreams. His mind was disturbed and he suffered from insomnia. The king issued an order to summon the magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and wise men in order to explain his dreams to him. So they came and awaited the king's instructions. The king told them, I have a dream, and I am anxious to understand the dream. The wise men replied to the king, What follows is in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will disclose its interpretation. The king replied to the wise men, My decision is firm. If you do not inform me of both the dream and its interpretation, you will be dismembered and your homes reduced to rubble. But if you can disclose the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts of reward and considerable honor. So disclose to me the dream and its interpretation. They again replied, Let the king inform us of the dream, then we will disclose its interpretation. The king replied, I know for sure that you are attempting to gain time, because you see that my decision is firm. If you don't inform me of the dream, there is only one thing that is going to happen to you. For you have agreed among yourselves to report to me something false and deceitful until such time as things might change. So tell me the dream, and I will have confidence that you can disclose its interpretation. The wise man replied to the king, There is no man on earth who was able to disclose the king's secrets for no king. Regardless of his position and power, he has ever requested such a thing from any magician, astrologer, or wise man. What the king is asking is too difficult, and no one exists who can disclose it to the king except for the gods, but they don't live among mortals. Because of this, the king got furiously angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So a decree went out, and the wise men were about to be executed. They also sought Daniel and his friends so that they could be executed. Then Daniel spoke with prudent counsel to Ariok, who was in charge of the king's executioners who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. He inquired of Ariok, the king's deputy. Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Ariok informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested the king to grant him time that he might disclose the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his home and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the matter. He asked them to pray for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends would not be destroyed along with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then, in a night vision, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. So Daniel praised the God of heaven, saying, Let the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes times and seasons, deposing some kings and establishing others. He gives wisdom to the wise. He imparts knowledge to those with understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light resides with him. O God of my fathers, I acknowledge and glorify you, for you have bestowed wisdom and power on me. Now you have enabled me to understand what we requested from you, for you have enabled us to understand the king's dilemma. Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 33, Judgment Against Ammon The Lord spoke about the Ammonites. Do you think there are not any people of the nation of Israel remaining? Do you think there are not any of them remaining to reinherit their land? Is that why you people who worship the god Milcom have taken possession of the territory of Gad and live in his cities? Because you did that. I, the Lord, affirm that a time is coming when I will make Rabbath, the capital city of Ammon. Hear the sound of the battle cry. It will become a mound covered with ruins. Its villages will be burned to the ground. Then Israel will take back its land from those who took their land from them. I, the Lord, affirm it. Wail, you people in Heshbon, because Ai in Ammon is destroyed. Cry out in anguish, you people in the villages surrounding Rabbah. Put on sackcloth and cry out in mourning. Run about covered with gashes, for your god Milcom will go into exile, along with his priests and officials. Why do you brag about your great power? Your power is ebbing away, you rebellious people of Ammon. Who trust in your riches and say, who would dare to attack us? I will bring terror on you from every side, says the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies. You will be scattered in every direction. No one will gather the fugitives back together. Yet in days to come, I will reverse Ammon's ill fortune, says the Lord. Judgment against Edom. The Lord of heaven's armies spoke about Edom. Is wisdom no longer to be found in Timon? Can Edom's counselors not give her any good advice? Has all of their wisdom turned bad? Turn and flee. Take up refuge in remote places, you people who live in Didon. For I will bring disaster on the descendants of Esau. I have decided it is time for me to punish them. If grape pickers came to pick your grapes, would they not leave a few grapes behind? If robbers came at night, would they not pillage only what they needed? But I will strip everything away from Esau's descendants. I will uncover their hiding places so they cannot hide. Their children, relatives, and neighbors will all be destroyed. Not one of them will be left. Leave your orphans behind and I will keep them alive. Your widows, too, can depend on me. For the Lord says, If even those who did not deserve to drink from the cup of my wrath must drink from it, do you think you will go unpunished? You will not go unpunished, but must certainly drink from the cup of my wrath. For I solemnly swear, says the Lord, that Bozrah will become a pile of ruins. It will become an object of horror and ridicule an example to be used in curses. All the towns around it will lie in ruins forever. I said, I have heard a message from the Lord. A messenger has been sent among the nations to say, gather your armies and march out against her. Prepare to do battle with her. The Lord says to Edom, I will certainly make you small among nations. I will make you despised by all humankind. The terror you inspire in others and the arrogance of your heart have deceived you. You may make your home in the clefts of the rocks. You may occupy the highest places in the hills, but even if you made your home where their eagles nest, I would bring you down from there, says the Lord. Edom will become an object of horror. All who pass by it will be filled with horror. They will hiss out their scorn. Because of all the disasters that have happened to it, Edom will be destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah and the towns that were around them. No one will live there. No human being will settle in it, says the Lord. A lion coming up from the thick undergrowth along the Jordan, scatters the sheep in the pasture land around it. So too I will chase the Edomites off their land. Then I will appoint over it whomever I choose, for there is no one like me, and there is no one who can call me to account. There is no ruler who can stand up against me. So listen to what I, the Lord, have planned against Edom, what I intend to do to the people who live in Timon. Their little ones will be dragged off. I will completely destroy their land because of what they have done. The people of the earth will quake when they hear of their downfall. Their cries of anguish will be heard all the way to the Gulf of Aqaba. Look, like an eagle with outspread wings, a nation will soar up and swoop down on Bozrah. At that time, the soldiers of Edom will be as fearful as a woman in labor. Judgment against Damascus. The Lord spoke about Damascus. The people of Hamath and Arpad will be dismayed because they have heard bad news. Their courage will melt away because of worry. Their hearts will not be able to rest. The people of Damascus will lose heart and turn to flee. Panic will grip them. Pain and anguish will seize them like a woman in labor. How deserted will that once famous city be, that city that was once filled with joy? For her young men will fall in her city squares. All her soldiers will be destroyed at that time, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. I will set fire to the walls of Damascus. It will burn up the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Judgment against Kidar and Hazor The Lord spoke about Kidar and the kingdoms of Hazor that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon conquered. Army of Babylon, go and attack Kidar. Lay waste those who live in the eastern desert. Their tents and their flocks will be taken away. Their tent curtains, equipment, and camels will be carried off. People will shout to them. Terror is all around you. The Lord says, flee quickly, you who live in Hazor. Take up refuge in remote places, for King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has laid out plans to attack you. He has formed his strategy on how to defeat you. The Lord says, Army of Babylon, go and attack a nation that lives in peace and security. They have no gates or walls to protect them. They live all alone. Their camels will be taken as plunder. Their vast herds will be taken as spoil. I will scatter to the four winds those desert people who cut their hair short at the temples. I will bring disaster against them from every direction, says the Lord. Hazor will become a permanent wasteland, a place where only jackals live. No one will live there. No human being will settle in it. New Testament reading. Mark chapter 16 verses 19 through 20. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. They went out and proclaimed everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through the accompanying signs. Luke chapter 24 verses 44 through 53. Jesus's final commission. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it stands written that the Christ would suffer and would rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus' departure. Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. Now during the blessing he departed and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple courts blessing God. Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 11 Jesus ascends to heaven. I wrote the former account, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After he had given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, to the same apostles also after his suffering, he presented himself alive with many convincing proofs. He was seen by them over a forty day period and spoke about matters concerning the kingdom of God. While he was with them, he declared, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait there for what my Father promised, which you heard about from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had gathered together, they began to ask him, Lord, is this the time when you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He told them, You are not permitted to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the farthest parts of the earth. After he had said this, while they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud hid him from their sight. As they were still staring into the sky while he was going, suddenly two men in white clothing stood near them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Sovereign Lord, I thank you for your word. There's some heavy passages again about judgment, oh God. And there's a tendency within our, within our churches to emphasize Jesus's um, gentleness, kindness, mercy. Descriptions about Jesus being um, the lamb and des- describing dental Jesus, meek and mild which is true. Um, But we oftentimes, in our church context across sectors, we tend to, to emphasize those traits, those characteristics about Jesus to the exclusion of the others, to the exclusion of the fact that Jesus is both lion and the lamb, the alpha and the omega. King, King, King Jesus and the lover of our souls, would you help us, O God, to both, to keep both realities in view that Jesus is our wise king, and judge, and redeemer, and deliverer, and friend, and savior. All of these realities are true. Would you help us, O God, to hold them together, O God? And what a glorious, glorious picture of Jesus' ascension, and promise, and the promise of the Holy Spirit that will come and fill the apostles. And I thank you that we, we are filled with the Holy Spirit if we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you so much for Christ's ascension. Thank you, God. Thank you that in the same way that they saw Jesus go up to heaven, we will see Jesus return. And when Jesus comes back, he's coming back as judge and savior of those who are waiting for him so i pray o oh god that while today is still today and that when that those in the sound of my voice i pray that they would not harden their hearts o oh god but that they would turn that they would turn to you o oh god thrice holy god and that they would confess their sins o oh god that they would confess oh and profess faith In Jesus Christ as the truth, the way, and the life, then that they would accept Jesus as their Savior and Lord, and that they would become new creations as a result of this profession of faith, O God. I pray, O Lord God, that you will continue to help us to be busy doing what it is that you've called us to do, but to also look forward to the day that Jesus returns to take us home, to be with you. I pray all of this in the mighty and match the of Jesus. Amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get thirty percent off plus free US shipping when you use the promo code the word. That's promo code THEWORD at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with truth table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word but doers.